morning and welcome to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm the pastor at First Baptist Church in Texarkana, Texas, and the founder of From His Heart Ministries. From His Heart is heard every weeknight at 6 p.m. Central Time right here on American Family Radio. Well, I was thinking about these words, simple, childlike faith. That's what it takes for a person to be born again, to receive the gift of eternal life, just simple childlike faith. Jesus told a, a parable, and it said uh, in this parable that the, um, the rich man, the Pharisee, the rich man went and, uh, and let's see, I had it here and then I lost it. Here it is. It says in Luke chapter 18, and he also told this parable to some people who trusted in themselves that they were righteous and viewed others with contempt. And Jesus said this, two men went up to the temple to pray, one a Pharisee and the other a tax collector. The Pharisee stood and was praying this to himself, God, I thank you that I'm not like other people, swindlers, unjust, adulterers, or even like this tax collector. I fast twice a week. I pay tithes of all that I get. But this tax collector, standing some distance away, was even unwilling to lift his eyes to heaven, but he was beating his breast, saying, God, be merciful to me, the sinner. And Jesus said, I tell you this, this man went to his house justified rather than the other. For everyone who exalts himself will be humbled, but he who humbles himself will be exalted. Simple, childlike faith, humble uh, faith in the Lord Jesus is what saves a person. Well, I am very honored today to welcome a dear, dear friend to the program, Dr. Mark Barhorst. He and I have been friends for uh, 20 plus years and good friends, family friends with his wife and his children. And Dr. Mark has a powerful, powerful testimony. He is joined by his son, Dr. Clayton Barhorst, and they are both medical doctors and they uh, worked together for a good while in the pain management um, side of medicine. And uh, guys, I want to welcome you to Real Truth for today. Thank you, Jeff. Hey, Jeff. Hey, it's great to have you guys. And um, we are praying for Mark because, uh, Mark, why don't you tell the listeners what you're facing in terms of your cancer? Well, I, I have advanced prostate cancer. Been uh, living with it for, gosh, no, I had no idea how many years, but I officially diagnosed in 2017. So we're, we're reaching the end of the line with it, and uh, I'm in hospice officially for about a week now. Well, we're praying for you, Mark, and I know this is uh, wasn't the news that we wanted when you got that news last week. That I appreciate so much you you guys coming on to just share your story because it is a powerful story of salvation and uh, of how God works in a in a humble heart. And so, Mark, as we uh, as we get started to let the listeners know about you, uh, tell us about your upbringing and your background. Uh, how did things start off for you? Well, I, I think the best way to summarize it is I grew up knowing knowing God, knowing knowing of of uh, of, of Christ uh, and his and his uh, uh, saving grace, and uh, within the confines of the Catholic Church. Um, and uh, my my father 
uh, God rest his soul, has uh, uh, he was actually uh, going to a, a Catholic seminary uh, high school, uh, kind of a, a priesthood preparatory school, if you will, and um, it didn't work out because he couldn't master Greek, uh, and so he uh, he flunked out, if you will, of the priesthood, and so uh, that's uh, we we, we kind of joke about that within the family that. You know, if it wasn't if it wasn't for the challenges of the Greek language, that none of us would probably be here. Yeah, that's good news for you, isn't it? It was. It was indeed. <laughs> so, learning you and I have similar backgrounds. I grew up Catholic and uh, learned about Jesus and the Trinity and and the cross and the empty tomb. I didn't I didn't doubt any of that stuff. But it was just it was just kind of in my head. I I believed in Jesus like. People believe in George Washington. It's just a person from history. He wasn't really changing my life. And would you say that that was true for you too, Mark? Yeah, there, there seemed to be there seemed to be someone between me and God uh, with my religious experience as a Catholic. Uh, and I don't know. I think that's the way the Catholic Church is designed, and it may go all the way back to before you know the common man knew how to read and certainly didn't have access to a Bible to read, so there's a there's a barrier there. Well, now, you had uh, quite a number of brothers and sisters. Are there six of you? Yeah, the Catholic uh, birth control method with the rhythm method, <laughs> uh, six, six total, yeah. Yeah, so I was I was one of six also, and uh, the rhythm method is, is not, uh, it's not quite foolproof, obviously, but... Uh, Okay, so Mark, you had told me growing up, um, you always had enough, but things were a little tight. Is that correct? Yeah, we had a very middle class existence. Uh, grew up in, you know, born in Cincinnati, Ohio. Moved to Dayton, Ohio, when I was five. Uh, grew up in the Catholic school system in Dayton through the eighth grade, and then uh, uh, we moved to Houston. Dad was with Honeywell Corporation. He was one of their their uh, HVAC engineers, heating, ventilation, and air conditioning engineers. And the astronome uh, wasn't wasn't cooling off the crowd adequately, and so they brought Honeywell brought him in to try to fix the dome. And so that's why we were we originally transferred to Houston. And then tell me about the clipping coupons that really stuck in your mind. Well, one of the, one of the uh, things that I, as the oldest son, uh, had to endure was to accompany my mom on on the weekly or biweekly shopping expedition to the local grocery store. Uh, I believe it was called Gerland's Food Fair, mm-hmm. and uh, we would have this massive uh, folder full of full of uh, coupons that mom had spent unknown number of hours clipping and saving and we would we would shop uh not necessarily according to what we needed on a list but according to what the, according to what we had the best coupons for and that uh that created in you a desire to not ever have to do that is that right yeah and uh yes floppy joes were a similar story uh, mom mom was a was a short order cook and and uh, and so sloppy joe's was frequently on the menu 
And I remember uh, shopping later in life with my wife, and uh, our son Clayton was in the cart riding along, and he saw Manwich Sandwich uh, uh, in a can, you know, a Sloppy Joe in a can. Yeah. And he wanted some of that, and, and I forbade Rhonda to buy it. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was, uh, yeah, tuna casserole, uh, meatloaf that was stretched so far with cereal that uh, you couldn't taste the meat, things like that. It kind of kind of left their mark on me. Yes. Well, and you go off to school, you fight in Texas Aggie, and you and Clayton both, and uh, then medical school was where? Texas A&M. Okay. In fact, Clayton and I are the first father and son to graduate from A&M's College of Medicine, and we're, we're pretty proud of that. Yeah. Well, that's great. So you're okay. Your undergrad was A and M. Your medical school was A and M, and then your residency was where? Up in a, in a Rochester, Minnesota, a place called the Mayo Clinic. Yeah, I've heard of the Mayo Clinic. So, Mark, you're one of the smartest guys I know, and uh, uh, Clayton might uh, give you a good run for your money as far as the brain power, but. Uh, very successful in your field of medicine, and uh, the Lord blessed you. But uh, one one of the, the difficulties that came in, and you and I had talked about this before, and it came in some of from your background, was the desire for things and nice things. Let's talk a little bit about that. Well, you know, I at age 10, I had my first paper route because, because I had a need to be able to uh, you know, buy a cream soda or whatever when, whenever the mood hit me. So um, I was, I guess I was real oriented toward those sorts of things that, that, that little boys want. And, you know, they just become more expensive in big boys. And, 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 but that, that was a real driving force behind my desire to be good at school and be uh, at the top of my class in school and, and so on. So uh, I was real focused on things of this world, that's for sure. And then how did that affect you down the road in in your marriage? Well, it came, it came home to roost uh, uh, when it led to a big falling out between Rhonda, my, my, sweet, my sweet wife, and I. Uh, that was basically me wanting to, you know, check the boxes on my bucket list for things before I got too sick to not be able to enjoy them. So um, I would say there were a number of things involved in that, but the underlying driving driving thing was my, my lust for things of this world. Well, I know that uh, you guys have a very, very nice house and, and nice things, but uh, and things are fine as long as things don't, don't take first place and um and i know that that was an issue there in the in the marriage because uh as you'd said mark the toys start getting more and more expensive yeah and and they uh, that's just you know uh, my kids call me a hoarder um (laughs) so you know one one nice rifle is not enough i have to have five or six and just you know using that as an example and I have an extensive library of, of books that uh, no one else will probably ever read. Uh, so it's, it's things that, it's things that 
uh, I've always admired my entire life and, and always lusted after uh, that that uh, became a bigger thing than my relationship with the Lord. Right. Well, and then when Rhonda would talk to you about it, that would create friction in the relationship, correct? Well, Rhonda's personality is a very, very blunt one sometimes. And uh, she would just tell me that you don't need that. A lot of that came out of her upbringing with her, her grandmother, who was famous for, you know, do you need that or do you actually just want that? Uh, she would always ask her that. She, she was, you know, out of the Depression era, and, uh, and there were similar characteristics in my parents as well. Uh, but but uh, her background uh, and upbringing was to be very direct and confronting me about that, and and I, I never liked that. I always felt I always felt like she was a boat anchor. Uh, whenever I wanted to do something, she the first thing she would do would would be to throw the anchor out. Right, just cold water on the parade. Clayton, how did how did you see things as a kid growing up in uh, in the what looks like on the outside looks like a perfect family? Dad's a doctor, mom works with dad, um, beautiful family, wonderful sister. Um, how how did you th- see things between your mom and your dad as a kid growing up? Um, <clears throat> I would say overwhelmingly uh good um, yes. as a kid uh, i think they did a pretty good job of uh keeping that stuff um behind closed doors um there are only a few times that stick out where things escalated and i do remember those um but i could say maybe what i could count those on one hand um later in life you know it became more apparent Right, that there was there was an issue there. Well, we're talking to Dr. Mark Barhorse. Dr. Mark is one of my dear, dear friends. He is uh, facing cancer. They have called in hospice, but he has a story to share of God's amazing grace and how the Lord did such a deep work in his heart. You don't want to miss it. We're going to take a quick break, so we'll be right back. Don't go away. The following are real-life stories from Trinity Debt Management. My story begins with debt, a lot of debt. I used my credit cards as a source of income. It was not a good situation. I couldn't pay my bills. The interest on the cards was really high. If you're in debt and you need help, call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. I initially was scared to call, and immediately I felt relieved. They contacted all of our creditors, and they put us on a plan for success. Trinity will consolidate your accounts into one easy-to-manage monthly payment, reduce your interest, and possibly improve your credit score. You'll save thousands. I've been able to pay off close to $15,000. We're doing a lot better. Please pick up the phone and see how affordable and easy it is to pay off your debt. It's a godsend. We're debt-free for keeps. Call Trinity at 1-800-788-1813. That's 1-800-788-1813. 
Hello, I'm Tim Wildman. On behalf of our staff here at American Family Radio, we want to say thank you, thank you, thank you for everybody who called in and made a donation during our Looking to Jesus share which just concluded. It was a wonderful success, and we were so delighted to hear from thousands and thousands of people who have had their lives impacted by American Family Radio. We can't do it without your financial donations and certainly without your prayers, so God bless you. God can use persecution to strengthen the church and individuals within it. Persecution is granted to us. Don't miss this. What an honor to be chosen to follow in the footsteps of Christ, to die like the thief beside him, so that men enslaved to sin can see the gospel written in our flesh and believe. Gain more perspective on persecution with Jordan Shambly's article, The Victorious Persecuted Church, in the Fall 21 issue of Engage Magazine, or visit engagemagazine.net. So there's this couple named Kyle and Katie, and they were excited. They were expecting their third child And then they got some really bad news. Their unborn baby desperately needed surgery in utero. They had switched the way they pay their health care bills from health insurance to MediShare. So they were wondering, is this going to work? It's a life, and it's my son's life. And, you know, we should all be doing anything we can for that. Kyle knew they were looking at a mountain of medical bills. And of that, I had to pay almost nothing. We felt like MediShare was rallying behind us, almost like family. MediShare is a community of Christians who care about people like Kyle and Katie and little Liam, who is now a happy little boy who loves to play outside with his brother and sister. You know, Liam's around because of that. We'll always remember. Find out how you can save $500 a month or more on your health care. Call 833-44-BIBLE. That's 833-44-BIBLE. 833-44-BIBLE. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. I'm talking to Drs. Mark and Clayton Barhorst. Dr. Mark is one of my dear, dear friends, been friends for over 20 years. Mark is facing uh, uh, the the ends of prostate cancer, and they have called in hospice, and uh, we, are, we are praying for him. And uh, But he has a story to share, and I talked to him about uh, getting this story on the air while he's still able. And so I am, uh, I'm thrilled that he's able to do this. Uh, as we left off, Mark was successful doctor, married, two wonderful kids, his wife Rhonda. Uh, everything looks great from the outside, but Mark is, has a... Um, has a a penchant for buying lots of things. And as Mark said in the last segment, if one gun was good, five or six of them were better. And so started accumulating things, started accumulating debt. And so Mark, um, almost 40 years into the marriage, that hit kind of the point of no return. Can you tell us about that? Yeah, I was, I, I was, uh, uh, at a place where, I realized that uh, the, the disease process was going to start to take away a lot of the physical capabilities, uh, and I was going to weaken, you know, slowly but surely over time. So it kind of brought the bucket list in my mind uh, uh, further up on the list of priorities of things to do. So uh, I started started wanting 
Uh, I, I've had a lifelong affinity for for uh, Ford Broncos, the old little tiny Broncos, not the big ones. And I wanted to I wanted to be able to drive one of those uh, and have one for my own. And uh, I started I started searching uh, with a voracious appetite to do so for just that right truck and and uh, it kind of consumed me and it, it got between Rhonda and I and between Clayton and I pretty badly. Uh, our daughter Jana lives remote from Houston and so she was kind of left out of this squabble but uh, it all came to a head one day when uh, I I was uh, I, I rode, rode up to Bryan College Station to help uh, Clayton finish a project we were working on and uh and while i was riding along i was talking to people that were trying to sell their bronco uh, on the phone and and uh, he was particularly offended by that because he didn't think i had any business spending tens of thousands of dollars on a on an old ford bronco when i when i had other priorities that i needed to be addressing so i got sideways with clayton and that extended to getting sideways with Rhonda, and I said some things to her that were very hurtful, and uh, and uh, and she decided that uh, uh, she'd reached her breaking point. So we we split up over that. Yeah, not a, not a nothing official, nothing legal. It's just that she went to live with her her parents for a time, and. Uh, that's when Debbie and I kind of got involved with with talking to you guys, Clayton. How did you view what was going on right there? Um, well, it had been um, it had been building. Uh, there had been, I would say, warning signs all along. Uh, just with Dad's, um, you know, collecting of things, uh, and it just got to the point where he was saying things that uh, honestly didn't, didn't even align with how he had raised me Um, valuing, uh, you know, marriage and honoring your wife and uh, covenant marriage and uh, faithfulness and loyalty. And um, even before I was a believer, I mean, and even before I would say our, 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 uh, Christianity was really something that as a family we were pursuing, he still raised me with those ethical and moral uh, compasses. Um, but he was saying things at this point in time, like, um, I've never been afraid of debt. I've never been intimidated by debt. Um, I've, uh, my marriage has never been a, uh, you know, a, a, a true covenant, like, Two have never truly been one in this marriage. You know, things that, that I knew weren't true, but were things that he was actively saying. And um, it was hard. It was really hard because um, at a certain point, I didn't, I, I felt helpless to help him. I knew that there was nothing mom or I or Jana or anybody could say, Jeff, you don't know this, but I actually um, started asking the, the men's group that I was going to, um, and uh, to, to pray that you would call dad because, mm. uh, because I knew that there was only a handful of people that could, could meet him in that place. 
and I knew that you guys had been friends for so long. So I was just praying that you, without me having to precipitate it, that, that the Lord would just put it on your heart to call my dad. And, uh, you know, you and Debbie got involved not too much longer uh, after that. Um, I, don't, I don't remember exactly how that came about, but um, but anyway, um, it, it was troubling and it was building and it kind of, for me and dad, it, it boiled over on that trip back from Bryan College Station um, when he basically closed on a deal on a Bronco. And I, I truly believe, I felt uh, like he did it in front of me on purpose um, because we'd had many conversations about, dad, why are you? pursuing these things like you know we're our practice we need to get out of debt we need to you know do these other things uh and he was just not having it and uh i said some things i regret you know in that on that car ride i said well dad uh you know this is no longer a partnership in our practice and i said i don't think it's ever been a partnership and i don't think it ever will be a partnership and then when we got home we didn't speak for a while you know, and so, uh, you know, it it it, uh, it was a really difficult time. Well, yeah, I know. T- I, I, I like ahead, to Mark. describe it as, as uh, the intersection between a street called ego or pride, um, and uh, and and the intersection that it has with faith in all of our lives. And I I kept turning down the wrong street. Uh, I was just consumed by the need to check those boxes on my bucket list and and uh, things that I had been wanting all of my life and and aspiring toward uh, were suddenly put you know on rush order because because I was running out of time and so I became consumed by the selfish pursuit of those things and and uh, was was just way off the path of the to, to, to the Lord yeah but now God used that for good, and so, um, so Mark, if we're, we're looking at the situation, so so Rhonda moves out. You're at odds with Clayton, although you have to work with Clayton. Uh, you guys are in practice together, and um, and it looked like divorce was was on the horizon, which no one wanted that. Obviously, Debbie and I were were counseling uh, against that, and but but it seemed like that the, the you guys had hit an impasse, and then something happened that most people would say it would be awful, um, awful in the physical, but good in the spiritual, and that was you had a stroke. Tell us about that. Yeah. Well, uh, in the very room where I'm sitting right now, which is our master bedroom, uh, uh, I uh, started experiencing symptoms of a stroke, that I recognized through my physician training, and uh, I could feel uh, the evil uh, closing in around me. It was almost like the the devil's hands were tugging and pulling on me, and and so uh, I I was so tired and and so worn out and so miserable because Rhonda wasn't here in the bed beside me. Um, I I just didn't know what to do, but I fi- I finally came to the Lord and, and asked for him to come into the room and to banish the evil. And, um, and he, he immediately answered that prayer. And, uh, and in exchange, I promised that I would, I would be a better witness and try to get, get, get back on track. 
And so, you know, within the days and weeks that followed that, uh, it, all of that started to happen, and uh, and things are much better now. Clayton, what uh, on on your end? Let the listeners know what you were doing. You had no idea this was going on with your dad, as far as as uh, as that that important prayer. But tell me what you were doing with regard to your dad. Well, um, so the stroke happened over Father's Day weekend. And so, uh, you know, obviously my parents were separated and they were just a few weeks out from their 40th anniversary. And so I was digesting all of that. And I love both of my parents deeply. Um, I have been, God has been uh, just too good to me with uh, the kind of family that I was exposed to and still uh, have um, on both sides. Um, And so I was conflicted because um, I recognized that, you know, my mom was um, really the victim here. Um, And uh, so I had to, uh, you know, try to defend that. But at the same time, you know, my dad was just, I felt like spiritually hurting or maybe even lost. Um, you know, I, I didn't know exactly where he stood. And so I felt a huge burden about that. And, um, you know, then the stroke happens and, uh, my son and I called him on FaceTime on Sunday morning, uh, of father's day. And it was about seven or seven thirty in the morning. And I can see his face has a slight droop to it. And, I could tell something's off and um, obviously uh, rushed over here. Um, You know, things just um, really got pushed to the forefront. And that same burden I felt for dad uh, just got more and more strong. Um, Even in the aftermath, you know, he, I'm not knowing just for example, the first night where I had to leave the hospital and keep in mind, this is during the pandemic. You know, so the, the the family member can't stay, and so they let me go in the ER just because I had uh, I'm a physician basically. That's why they let me in, but then they wouldn't let me stay. Um, and I had clinic the next morning, so uh, on Monday, that following Monday, so I remember leaving and just not knowing. You know, is this stroke going to evolve? Is it going to worsen? Is this the last time I'm going to see my dad? And then on over and above that, if this is the last time I'm going to see my dad is my dad going to be uh, entering the gates of heaven or not? Um, and I still, um, you know, those types of thoughts are uh, thoughts that um, hopefully as a dad now, um, you know, I, I, my prayer would be that when my days are limited, um, that, um, that my kids uh, don't have to ask those questions. Um, and those are the questions I was asking and I was praying for the Lord to uh, give me peace about it. Um, and, um, you know, fortunately dad survived those initial few days after the stroke. So then it became clear that he was going to survive the stroke, but he was entering rehab and we were having a lot of very deep talks about the whys and these types of things. And I'm just, you know, I felt compelled to to, uh, honestly, the Holy Spirit just uh, put it on me to pray and then to fast for my dad. First time really in my life I'd fasted. Um, in college, I had tried it once. Well, no, I was in med school. I'd tried it once, 
um, and it lasted from breakfast to lunch. So, <laughs> <laughs> uh, I've told you that before, Jeff, and it's true. Uh, you know, but uh, this time it was uh, it was real uh, because uh, the burden I felt for my dad's salvation was real, and I knew that you know eventually it was going to be something that my dad had to. Uh, either decide to commit to for the first time or recommit to. Um, and that, uh, but I knew that if I prayed and if I fasted, uh, and when I felt hunger pain, I just prayed even more for my dad. And I prayed that the Lord would put believers um, at his bedside in the hospital. I prayed that uh, he would feel the power of prayer and the Holy Spirit's presence. Um, you know, just that basically the environment would be palpable. Uh, just to the point that if there was a commitment that needed to be made, that my dad would choose to make that commitment. Um, you know, because I know that, that God gives us that uh, that ability to choose. Um, so you, I don't know that you can pray somebody to faith, but I, I know that uh, it doesn't hurt to try. And, um, you know, that that's basically... Uh, what the Lord told me to do. And it was just a matter matter of whether I was going to be obedient and, and following the Spirit's lead. And you fasted for how long for your dad? It was three days. So I, I had never fasted before, like I said, and uh, I kind of researched it after I felt like that's what God would call me to do. And um, I read about the fast of Esther, and that seemed like um, what I wanted to do. And so it was three days. Um, it was basically grains only, and it was, um, after sundown, you know, so basically before sun up, I would, um, you know, have some water or something. And then throughout the day, um, I just would, uh, not eat or drink. And then as the sun went down, um, usually around nine o'clock at night, I would, uh, actually, I didn't want to burden my wife with this and I'm a horrible cook. So I would go to Subway. <laughs> and uh, I did it for three straight nights and got their veggie, uh, you know, oats and grains type thing, no meat, and um, and uh, did that for three straight days. And, um, yeah. Amen. We're talking to Drs. Mark and Clayton Barhorst, and Mark has a tremendous testimony, and Clayton, his son, uh, it plays a big part of that testimony and how Mark came to really surrender his life to Christ and humble himself before the Lord. We're going to take a quick break. We'll be right back. Don't go away. You're listening to Real Truth for Today, and I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shree. Can we trust the Bible? He says, we saw this, and that sets the Bible apart from almost everything else in the ancient world and its religious pantheon of gods and goddesses. The God Who Speaks, the important documentary from the American Family Association, is now available to watch for free on AFA's brand new streaming platform. Go to thegodwhospeaks.org to watch this award-winning film today. Thegodwhospeaks.org. Too busy to catch your favorite shows on the radio? Have no fear, because the AFR app is here. Download the app to have access to live broadcast, music streaming, as well as each podcast. Whether you're at work, at home, or on the go, it's easy to listen to AFR. The AFR app is available not only for Apple and Android users, but also on Amazon Alexa and Roku. 
Download the AFR app today at AFR.net. Millions of persecuted believers, they're suffering, and they can use your prayers and financial support right now. Hey, it's Michael Woolworth with Bible League International in the country of Zambia, the place where the famous missionary David Livingstone carried out years of ministry. Shadrach is an elder in a shanty church. He had word that there was an attack coming one Sunday, and sure enough, 20 radicals showed up in attempt to kill all the Christians gathered for worship in that service, about 200 in number. Now, in self-defense, Shadrach had a handgun. He used it on a man named Ishmael, didn't kill him, but he injured him, but nursed him back to health. He was a livestock farmer, so he took care of the man's livestock. The daughter of that man could not read, could not write, so Shadrach would teach her to read and write using a Bible League program. And I can tell you, in grateful response, the entire family and 80 former radicals have come to place their faith in Jesus Christ. They need Bibles at $5 a Bible. Would you pray about it? And then call 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD. 800-YES-WORD or give at sendbiblesnow.org. That's sendbiblesnow.org. We're in the financial business. We manage a couple of trusts and some estates and, of course, our own monies, too. Courtney Trotter talks about the charitable gift annuity from the AFA Foundation. I understand annuities about as much as anyone, I guess, can. So I just felt the charitable gift annuity was a win-win situation for many people that still are generating income and still have assets because you never know when you may have to draw down on something like that. And if you don't ever have to, then it's even a better gift to get to a really good foundation like AFA, a very solid investment, a good way to help do the Lord's work, and it's there to help us as well. Find out if the charitable gift annuity can work for you by calling the AFA Foundation at 800-326-4543, extension 345. Welcome back to Real Truth for Today. I'm your host, Pastor Jeff Shreve. We're talking to Dr. Mark Barhorst and his son, Dr. Clayton Barhorst, talking about the the power of prayer and the fact that God, you're never too far away from the Lord. He hears us when we cry out to him in simple childlike faith and repentance and in in, uh in faith and in humility. And so that took place in Mark's life. Now, Clayton, you'd been praying for your dad. The Lord put that on your heart, a three-day fast for your dad. Tell us about that last day. Yeah, so um, it was was incredible. Um, It it has changed uh, my life and probably, uh, I'd like to think, generations to come um just because of what god did and the decision my dad made so uh the last day of the fast you know i go to work um you know i'm hungry all day uh when i'm hungry i'm just continuing to pray um uh, you know i think that's the purpose of the fast just to make that clear i mean basically you're going to be hungry when those pains happen you just immediately prompt yourself to move into prayer um, and so, uh, doing that, I, I get, uh, home pretty late around nine o'clock or so, if I remember right. And I've got my Subway sandwich with my veggie delight. Um, uh, um, and I, I'm starting to unwrap it and I haven't started to eat it yet. Um, and my friend Joe, uh, 
who had been also praying for my dad, um, texts me for an update. And I'm starting to kind of text back to him. I'm halfway through the text uh, when my dad uh, basically dials in through FaceTime call, um, you know, unprovoked. And uh, I answer the call and, you know, uh, you know, dad doesn't know that I've been fasting for him through all this. And, um, you know, we have this talk and he, he basically tells me that, uh, you know, that he's born again, you know, that he, uh, had surrendered his life to Christ, uh, you know, and, and, um, you know, that we kind of wrestled through some of the specifics, like, what does that mean? Uh, but nonetheless, uh, I just remember, and my wife could probably describe it better, uh, I got this guttural, weird wail uh, that came out of me uh, because of how um, just the amount of relief uh, that, that God had provided in the fact that it came on day three of a fast and uh, just overwhelmed with God's goodness. And um, my wife, comes; she had already gone to bed, and she comes running out from the bedroom, uh, you know, just going, what's wrong? What happened? You know, what's happened? Uh, probably thinking that I'd gotten word that my dad had died. Mm-hmm. Um, and she actually told me later uh, that that's what her fear was because of the way that the sound I was making. Yeah. Um, and, you know, obviously I told her that, you know, dad had told me that he'd, he'd chosen to pursue Jesus again. And, um, you know, it was just an amazing, amazing moment. Well, Mar- uh, Clayton, you had talked about how your dad had had a scowl for so long and just kind of mad at the world uh, with everything going on the last several months, but then you saw joy on his face. Yep, and I still have that picture on my phone, and it's, uh, you know, assuming I update my iPhone 6, which I still have, <laughs> uh, that that picture's never going away. Uh, yes. He just was glowing. Um, I actually shared the picture with some of my good friends that had been praying for my dad because, again, we were praying for a miracle, and then it happened. And uh, almost without expectation, you know, I I really didn't know that because I I knew that ultimately it depended on my dad's decision. Um, So, you know, I didn't know what to expect. And then when it happened, I sent that picture around, and one of the guys I remember commenting just say, saying he just looks so full of the Lord, you know, he's just literally glowing. Um, but yeah, he, he'd been, he'd been looking pretty, uh, possessed, uh, for about six <laughs> straight months and, and he just looked full of, full of joy. Yeah. I just remember, I just remember having an amazing sense of peace come over me, Jeff. And, um, you know, I was just so thankful that I, that I had turned, turned to Christ. Just a, just a feeling of overwhelming relief and and peace. Well, Mark, I remember talking to you after that. Um, I immediately picked up on that the edge was gone. Um, you know that there were, there was always because you, you were angry at that time, and and you know it's understandable with all the health things and then the situation with Rhonda and then people trying, you know, probably in your mind trying to control you and tell you how you're going to live. And, um, you know, that was, that was a difficult thing, but there was such a humility there that hadn't been there before, 
and uh, it was just wonderful to see and a sweetness of spirit. And so uh, I, I've been wanting and, and, you know, I shared this, I shared that situation and your testimony in a sermon, uh, gosh, probably, uh, I don't know how or, ever many months ago it was, but then I wanted to capture this on on the radio so that we could share it with the world and let people know, hey, Jesus Christ changes lives. And Mark, you're, a, you're Exhibit A. You, you are uh, somebody whose life has been changed. Now, tell our listeners, because th- that doesn't mean all the problems that you and Rhonda had faced were now magically erased. They, they were still there, correct? Yeah, they're still there, but you're, you're able to deal with them because you know that the Lord is in your corner. He's going to be. He's standing beside us, and he's he's bolstering us for the bad news, and he's celebrating the good news when when it comes. So, you know, there's only one reason I'm still here, Jeff, and that's to be that's to witness to the amazing power of the Holy Spirit. And and I, uh, you know, I'm so thankful for the opportunity to tell my story because it is it, it is you know. It is the story of the choice between things of this world and and the, and the amazing grace of eternity in heaven with with our Father. So uh, I thank you for the opportunity. You are one of my my dearest friends as well, even if you are a Longhorn. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh, we've gone back and forth in that over the years. So me being a University of Texas grad and and Mark being a uh, Aggie, and not just a not just a run of the mill Aggie, but a, a real true blue Aggie, and uh, and Clayton too. So, Clayton, what were the differences that you saw in your dad over time? Um, I think, like you said, the softness of spirit, um, uh, verbalizing uh, love, you know, um, verbalizing, you know, my my dad's been pretty good about um letting me know that he loves him loves me but the words weren't always as easy and then the words that never came out of his mouth probably not once was i'm sorry um and so there's been not that i'm owed an apology uh, i think my mom was and so the i'm sorry uh were more easy to come um and then uh i would just say um, his acceptance of, or just, um, the peace that he's kind of gone through these last, uh, now months, um, you know, is different. I think he was just, God equipped him with, uh, the ability to walk through the end of life, um, without a lot of fear. Um, you know, and now his pain's kind of, he's having more pain now over the last couple months and, you know, um, I just think that, uh, you know, just observing him go through that, um, you know, he, he's, he's just got a, an, an extra tool in the tool chest, you know, and, and honestly, the only tool that he needs, that uh, he's, he's got Jesus and he, he, uh, he knows where he stands. And like he said, I mean, uh, selfishly, he, he's probably ready to leave, you know, tomorrow. Um, but, but God's got him here for as long as he's got him here, because, uh, there are people that may hear this story and be compelled to make the same decision he 
and and I and you and and anybody else who chooses to follow Christ uh, makes. Um, and so until his last breath is breathed, you know, breathed, um, God's still using him. Um, and hopefully uh, other people will be uh, motivated to to seek the same uh, the same promise for them for their lives. I hope so too, and that's my prayer. And and Mark, being a physician, typically physicians have a, a lot of uh, intellectual pride, and they have a lot of uh, uh, sense of I can handle this problem. And and you, you had that. And, and some of that is kind of baked into the profession, is it not? Uh, I, I think if you're going to be any good at it, you, uh, you've got to have confidence in your decisions, yes. So now as, you, as you're facing, okay, Lord, my life is, is coming to a close, and it, as much as we hate to even say that, that is, that is the reality, and I know you, you live in reality, um, What's going through your mind, and, and how are you facing that? And how can you give hope to other people that might be listening today, and they're right where you are? What would be your word of encouragement? Uh, well, I, you know, I, I've always been open to and have encouraged my patients to pray with me, or for me to pray with them, because in the pain management world, there's there's a lot of broken bro- broken lives, and. Uh, uh, I, I've tried to find opportunities to magnify that and to, to be even more even more open to that, not just with patients now, but anyone I come in contact with. So I, I'm a I'm I'm a uh, I'm a new and improved version of witness, uh, even though I thought I wasn't a bad witness uh, before all this. So uh, you know I I just I just had a huge ego and a lot of pride along with that, and I turned my back on, on the Lord because I, I thought I had it. I, I thought I had it wired. I thought I knew what I was doing, and uh, turns out I needed, him, I needed him more desperately than ever. Yes. So I've, I've, just, I've just tried to, tried to, tried to be the best witness I can be because that's, that's why he saved me. Um, Amen. Uh, that's uh, that's that's why that's the real reason why any of us are on this earth is to, is to sing the praises of the Lord above. That's right. Yeah, Jesus said, "You shall be my witnesses." That's that's why we're here. And Mark, you've uh, you have been a great witness since you really surrendered your life to Christ. Uh, tell me how Rhonda is handling everything. Well, uh, I, I would say that her faith in, in the Lord is stronger than ever. Uh, but she's struggling with with me enduring the suffering that she knows that I'm that I'm experiencing. It's it's tough to to, to watch. Uh, so I I try to be creative and in, in giving her opportunities to escape from Alcatraz for a few hours, uh, <laughs> uh, sending her on on errands and such as that to give her a chance to you know have some a little bit of normal in her life. Right. So. Uh, uh, I'm 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 more focused on her needs, uh, even though I wouldn't say I haven't been uh, I haven't been supportive of her as a husband and the father of her children. Uh, I would say I'm better at it than ever too, which I think is part of being a good witness too. Yeah, exactly. It, it, it's the Holy Spirit inside of me uh, uh, showing through because I'm letting I'm letting it show. Yes.
Well, there's a scripture verse, Mark, in 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 9, and it says, what, what eye has not seen, nor ear heard, nor has even entered into the heart of man, all that God has prepared for those who love him. And, uh, you know, as you get ready to, to make that journey, um, the Lord's going to be with you every step of the way, and faith is getting ready to turn to sight, and um, it, it's going to be awesome. And I know it's difficult now for, for you, for your family, but um, you're getting ready to have the greatest promotion of your life. And Debbie and I are, are faithful to pray for, for you and your family during this time, and, and we're trusting that God is going to take something uh, difficult and, and use it for his glory and for the good of your family. So, I, Mark, I appreciate you so much coming on to uh, to share just what uh, what the Lord has done in your life. Clayton, thank you for coming on uh, to share how, uh, how God used you in your dad's life. And so, uh, Clayton, as we get ready to close out, is there anything you'd like to say just in summation? Um, I guess the, the thing that sticks out to me is, um, and I would say this for the, the listeners, um, you know, it comes from Psalm 90, and it talks about uh, just basically having some urgency. Uh, we assume that these conversations and things can happen later, um, but you just want to pray that the Lord will teach us to number our days um, and that we could... Uh, you know, just value every minute of every second we have and and try to pursue things that God calls us to and make sure people we love know that we love them. Because that's if you're a believer, that's the best way you can reflect Christ is just to love others. Amen. We've been talking to the Barhorse, Dr. Mark and Dr. Clayton Barhorst, and uh, what a testimony of salvation. Thank you for being with us today. Go out, shine for Christ and share what great things the Lord has done for you. Time is of the essence. God bless you and thank you for listening. The views and opinions expressed in this broadcast may not necessarily reflect those of the American Family Association or American Family Radio.